you're in a cooking rut or just looking for healthy, feel-great recipes that are completely doable, subscribe to the Seasonal Recipe Bundle and receive seasonal recipe packs each quarter with amazing pro tips to save you time and help you get ahead of your week so cooking feels sustainable and attainable. These are more than just recipes, you guys. It's having meals and techniques at your fingertips that leave you and your family feeling great. Here's what members are saying. The SRB is 100. Tuna crostini, snap peas, and chimichurri shrimp are all delicious. I can't wait to try the rest. Melissa D says, I now love the idea of making a batch of soup at the beginning of each week. It makes it so much easier to make good food choices during the week, and I'm already cutting back on takeout. Subscribe to the annual membership for only $45 and add 24 recipes to your toolbox this year. Subscribe today by clicking on the link in episode notes or on foodiewithlife.com in the shop. And thanks. Today on the podcast, Chef Tiffany Thomas joins the conversation, and we really try to get into the idea of feeling nourished. And so we talk about the idea of how feeling full does not necessarily mean being nourished. So there's a very big difference there. And then we also talk about the idea of how you will continue to crave food until your body has the the nutrients it's expecting. If you go get fast food and you can eat, you know, 2000 calories worth of food, but A, you might not feel great, but B, you can still be hungry. But at the same time, you couldn't turn around and eat a huge plate of roasted vegetables and a whole chicken. And so that's the idea of being full, but not being nourished. Also, Tiffany is just a wealth of information and she talks about so many different aspects to the way her business is put together, I think you're really going to enjoy it. So let me tell you a little bit about Tiffany. So Tiffany Thomas is a private chef, certified transformational nutritionist, chef business coach, hair tissue mineral analysis expert, and registered yoga teacher. Following her extensive career in some of Seattle's best fine dining restaurants, she now specializes in creating nutritionally personalized in-home meal prep for busy professionals so they can save time and energy for what is most important to them. Tiffany now lives in sunny Long Beach, California with her husband, Philip, and her child, Penny, and enjoys a daily yoga practice, worldly travels, and sampling every great taco place around L.A. So Tiffany, thank you so much for joining the podcast. So nice to see you. Thank you. It's great to be here. Your background is so fascinating. (laughs) I I feel like I don't even know where to start, but I'm going to start with you being a coach for chefs. So how did you get to this place right now as a coach for chefs? who want to transition out of a restaurant and into the world of being a private chef. Mm -hmm. So yes, I do have a lot of things going on and everything has morphed into where I am at now in coaching chefs. So I spent over 10 years in the restaurant industry, predominantly fine dining, and I found it kind of needlessly stressful. Um, I wanted to take care of my body more and I just found especially through yoga and just getting healthier myself I just wanted to create a business for myself where I use my passion but just in a smarter way and it took me a lot longer because there wasn't a coach for me to help 
so now that I've figured all of it out and I've created a well-oiled machine of, of my meal prep business, I just want to make that super accessible for other chefs uh, to be able to start and grow their own meal prep business. Mm-hmm. So, so you started doing private chefing in 2013. And so you said you were in the restaurants for 10 years, which is a long time. Um, and then you started coaching chefs two years ago. So what type of skills are needed to make this transition from a restaurant? So let's say I'm a chef in a restaurant to being a private chef. Definitely you have to be very efficient with meal prep. So you would be the star in the kitchen that would prep the fastest. Uh, you need to be creative. So seasonal menus, creativity, be able to come up with something on the fly. Um, and then also basic tech skills like email, typing out, out menus. So the nice thing about starting a private chef business is it's not very complicated. And then some things that chefs learn as they grow in kind of learning the grace of running a chef business is things like patience. Uh, with your clients. Um, they're all going to have different personalities, many times different than you. Um, you need to uh, learn to let go of the hustle of the restaurant industry as well. That's a huge one that we kind of get addicted to. Um, this is a slower but more steady business for us. And so uh, we have to kind of drop that addiction to the hustle. And similarly, we got to um, learn to drop the, the ego of being in a restaurant so when you're a restaurant chef people come in to eat what you want to cook whereas in a lot of private chef settings you're cooking what the person needs to eat or wants to eat so really having a passion for being of service and wanting to help others is the root of this business oh that's a fascinating perspective i wouldn't have yeah. thought about that but i can see how that's a completely different shift very yeah and a lot of times um you know, when we're young, we love line cooking and love being in the restaurants and everything. And then pretty soon we think about what am I doing with the rest of my life? But what doesn't change is your passion for food. And mm -hmm. so um, I just want to help chefs kind of transition um, from the mindset, the much different mindset, and teaching them that, yes, you can do this. It's not that difficult. You just need someone to show you exactly what to do because cooking and business are almost like two different sides of the brain. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Cause cooking is probably more on like the creative side. Yes. The, like art the artist side. side. Yes, absolutely. Um, but some similar things, you know, uh, restraint, simplicity, seasonality, going with the flow, all those things that you learned in efficiency in the restaurant, you directly use in your private shopping business as well. Mm -hmm. Um, so you are also, so now I'm going to, I'm just going to keep going through your layer. Sure. <laughs> Tell me more. Tell me more. Okay. So you are certified in holistic nutrition. Um, so tell me what that means and how this knowledge influences your cooking. Yeah. So I love this subject. Um, I could go on forever. So holistic nutrition essentially is the study of how your diet, lifestyle, environment, and relationships affect your health. And then the natural ways that we can balance all of all of those things for uh, energy and thriving and, and contentment. Um, so I use this directly with my clients. Um, so with my private shopping clients, they get a free nutrition consultation with me. 
And so we'll look at all these areas of their life diet and their lifestyle and their relationships. And we see which one is kind of lacking, you know, through um, symptomology. So I take a list of their symptoms, their health history. Um, we might do um, the hair tissue mineral analysis test. It's called the HTMA, uh, where I take a painless sample of, of their hair. And it tells me the health of their cells, um, any nutrients that they're lacking or maybe in excess of, also some toxic burden from heavy metals or pollutants. I can also see from that the, uh, their stress levels and their adrenals and the health of their cardiovascular. So it's a wonderful, painless, easy, inexpensive test that shows me so much. So through all of that, um, we form a menu for them specifically. And so if they're having, for instance, digestive symptoms of IBS or chronic um, inflammation anywhere, I might start them on some easily digestible foods like bone broth and roasted root vegetables, um, just simple nourishing meals that ground their system. And then we start to um, investigate what could be causing those issues. What's the root? The root cause is always where we go with nutrition. We don't just manage symptoms. We like to get to the root cause because we like to say kind of nature is perfect and our bodies continually strive to find balance. So holistic nutrition empowers the body to heal itself. And I help them do that with food and oftentimes by um, excluding some food for a short period of time to kind of hone in on where we're starting. Interesting. Do you do, do you do that ever like a la carte for new clients, even if they don't roll into like your private chefing stuff? Do you do any of that stuff on the side? Absolutely. So I do the HTMA, the hair tissue mineral analysis for anyone. Um, mm. I can work with anyone of any age. I'm most comfortable with anyone over age of 10. And then I create an entire protocol for the client based on their unique um, profile. And then I'll give you um, a breakdown of some diet and lifestyle suggestions, as well as recipes. And I'm also able to order you a custom vitamin mineral supplement powder that's not available to the public. So I specifically customize that powder to the client. So specific nutrient needs that you have and then and also making sure that it doesn't include things that you don't need like people over supplement with calcium nowadays right um, or they're not taking enough magnesium so their calcium is through the roof well that can harm your cells and your bones and there's over calcification so if i see that in the test i'm going to make sure that we don't have calcium in that vitamin powder and that's just one example of how customized this is and a lot of my clients see a result just within a couple weeks a few very, very simple little tweaks because, like I said, your body is constantly striving to find balance. So if you give it that space to heal itself, it can happen pretty quickly. Tell me, what do you consider to be healthy cooking or a healthy meal? Ooh, okay. So we'll start with a healthy meal. It's actually much more simple than people think it is. You know, you get told all this, like, this diet and this diet and this diet. I'm kind of the undiet person. I'm kind of the like, whatever works for you. Yeah, you too. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh, So a healthy meal prioritizes protein, fiber, fat, and then carbohydrates, right? So this can look like um, perhaps like a, a chicken thigh, high in minerals and protein, right? 
And then fiber, we want some dark leafy greens, broccoli, herbs, wonderful. And then moving on to the fat, it has uh, extra virgin olive oil, maybe some coconut oil, uh, maybe some nuts on there as well. Uh, and then going into the carbohydrates, a resistant starch such as like sweet potato or something like that, right? And then healthy cooking would be choosing the highest quality of those ingredients. So organic whenever possible, um, using uh, the oils that are intended as to be used as they're intended, right? So we're not using vegetable oils, we're using um, ones that we can saute with safely like coconut oil and avocado oil, avoiding common inflammatory foods like highly processed foods. So we're staying as close to nature as possible with the highest quality ingredients. Mm -hmm. I love that. I think that's so powerful because it's, I mean, it's funny. It's like, even when we're quote, trying to eat healthy, gosh, who was I? I was reading something. Oh gosh. Do you ever listen to how I built this with Guy yes, Raz? I have. Yes, I have. Love, love Guy Raz. I feel like yeah. he's my coworker, yeah. <laughs> especially during the pandemic. Uh -huh. And um, he interviewed this this woman who owned jovial foods are you familiar with them that's so funny you mentioned that because i wanted to bring them up later in a fantastic way oh my so gosh okay, yes i love it. their product so good and so yeah he yes. is talking about her husband's italian and she was talking about how you know her husband comes to the states and they're going to buy bread and he's you know she's like we're at, we're at a nice place buying bread and he's like what do you need this for and you know what are all these starches and all these extra things like water salt mm -hmm. yeast flour this is bread yeah. what are we doing here yeah. you know and it was like i find it's actually harder to find yeah. simple whole food that goes bad than it is to find yeah. food that's processed and doesn't go bad like you actively yeah. have to look especially in bread you know mm -hmm. i mean you actively have to look for for the simple ingredients that go bad i totally agree with you and so, you know, piggybacking on that staying close to nature and where a healthy meal is prioritizing um, protein, fiber, fat, then carbohydrates, a really great shopping tip, the, be the, like, the best way to stay on track is make your menu for the week, right? Create a grocery list from that menu, stick to your list, and then stay in the outer aisles of the store, the outer perimeter. So, and just avoid the center aisles. Mm -hmm. The center aisles are full of the processed foods that you just do not need. You are not deficient in potato chips, okay? You're not deficient. My husband in would disagree. <laughs> I, you know, sometimes we do, and I. But I listen. I'm like, oh, I have a salt craving. What could that mean, mm -hmm. right? So then, when we stick to the outer perimeters, we're gonna find vegetables, fruit. We're gonna find the meat and the seafood, and then oftentimes the bulk department. You know, uh, since COVID, the bulk department has been empty, but but that's where those single ingredient items are. Um, the only exception is like a canned bean, quinoa, or chicken stock. Those you know those aisles are are great, or those those products are great on the inner aisles. But those are just some few really simple steps that if those are the only couple things that you remember, uh, the meal plan, and then staying to the outer aisles, you, you're going to make some big changes right there.
you know, it's funny because you, you know, you live, everybody lives in their little lane. And so I live in my little lane and I kind of, you know, it's easy to be like, oh yeah, other people do this different because mm-hmm. I just do this. I had to go to one of those kind of like big box stores to get some big Tupperware containers, like packing Tupperware containers. And so I go in there, you know, and they have groceries and all these things. And I'm, I had my three-year-old and my girlfriend had her three-year-old also. And we have the girls in this cart and we're just going through the aisles because it was also close to my daughter's birthday. So we're like, okay, we could probably pick, we could pick up everything here. You know, we needed some sprinkles and whatever. So we're going through the aisles. Me as an adult and my girlfriend are both just like wide-eyed being like, I'm so overwhelmed here. This is so stressful. And there are all of these brands and foods that we don't typically, like we don't eat. And it's all colorful, you know? I mean, it's marketing to kids. Like all of a sudden my daughter was like, what is this? What is that? Like the novelty of it, right? Yeah. And it's like, oh, I don't even have to have this conversation when I'm walking through Whole Foods and PCC and, Mm -hmm. you know, wherever, bless the farmer's market. Like you're not having those conversations of like, what are fruity pebbles or, you know, whatever the thing is. Yeah. You know, there's no, there's no ingredient list you have to run through at the farmer's market. Yeah. You're just like, yep, vegetables, great. And you know, the farmer's market doesn't happen all year and it's pretty pricey. Like all all those things are true, but just the sheer volume of, I'm going to say junk food or like Mm -hmm. very processed food. Highly processed food. It was so overwhelming and it forced me into the conversation of like, no, we can't get that. No, we can't get that. It's such a nicer experience. Like if you can make it happen to go to a grocery store that has, I mean, even Trader Joe's just has less options and you can get some great things there. And you, you know, I find that my daughter is not just eyes spinning around, you know, going like, what are these things? It's just, and you trust them a little more, you know, if you're talking about a big box store, like Costco, for instance, they still have, you know, they're still hold held by like Frito-Lay company has all the potato chips and many, many snack items there. Well, they pour millions into billions of dollars in the marketing and the color of the box and the size of the font and everything. So we are just walking consumers for them to make money, right? And it's important to understand that, you know, once you heal your body and heal your microbiome and kind of get above all that, you crave it less. And it doesn't really look like food anymore. One thing for Costco, I will say, is they're getting a lot better about getting in um, organic single ingredient items. Their organic almond milk is actually one of my favorites. It, they don't use carrageenan or xanthan gum in their almond milk, like just as one example. They have organic hemp hearts. They have organic ground flax meal. They have organic uh, quinoa, organic olive oil. So if you go in there with your list, and you get exactly what you need, you can get some of these organic single source items for much cheaper if a price is something that you're worried about for your family and you still want to utilize your Costco membership. They are growing in what they're offering. Totally. I actually think their olive oil, their organic olive oil is great. We just got it the other day and they have a huge thing of organic celery juice, just pure celery juice. Oh, that's amazing. Which is really great. Yeah. Yeah. And I should have said it wasn't a box store. It was a, it was just like a traditional grocery store, but it was just, oh, I got it. but it's, it's one of those stores that has like also has a bike department and a, you know, kid department. It has everything. Yeah. It was too much. On purpose. Yes. Um, okay. So we're peeling back more layers. So yeah. yoga. Mm-hmm. So yoga is also part of your story. Um, 
Tell me about how that influences your approach to food. So funny story. I got into yoga after a bad breakup, to be honest. And I just, you know, you go through one of those breakups and you're like, wow, this is partly because I just don't really respect myself. I don't know if you've ever had that happen to you. It was kind of a wake up moment for me. I was like, ew, gross. How did I let that happen to me? I need to find something that's just for me that's very healthy. My intuition just kind of drew me to yoga. And I'm so grateful for that because very slowly I started to learn self-respect and self-worth and nurturing my body and honoring my body and actually becoming aware of the vessel that I live in and how I directly am in charge of that. And everything I do, I choose. And I feel like cooking and, and yoga share so many qualities like respect and restraint and union and nature and like honoring a system and sharing and, and just love really. And so the deeper I got into my yoga practice, the deeper I got into the healing art of food. And then pretty soon, because I became confident and so full of self-worth and self-respect, it distanced me from kind of the toxic restaurant industry and where I just wanted to take care of people through food. So mm -hmm. yoga really changed my life into mm -hmm. um, the trajectory of the health business that I have now. Mm -hmm. I, I actually think that I subbed for a couple of your classes. Oh my gosh, yoga amazing. Yeah. And because of that, we never actually met before. There we go. <laughs> we were like passing in the wind. Yeah, totally. Ten years later. I totally agree about yoga. I think it can be very subtle and it can also be so powerful at the same time. It's one of those things. Very impactful, yeah. Even just the simple act. And I always end my podcast with a few breaths and meditation and just kind of talking through like slowing down paying attention to your inhales and exhales it is so powerful so speaking on those deep breaths in yoga and relating it to food it's a wonderful practice to take the same yogic breath inhale deeply exhale through the mouth a few times with the whole family before you eat mm -hmm. So what this does is it's lowering your cortisol in your body and allowing you to be more present physically and mentally for your meal. And it's shown that you actually have improved better digestion when you take a few moments um, before your meal. This is why praying, whether you uh, practice religion or not, just a simple act of taking a moment, being grateful, taking a breath, coming into the present moment, can help improve your digestion and then therefore increase your nutrient intake. So that's also how the yoga and the food is connected. It's so wild and it's so easy. It's so easy. Just taking even one, close your eyes, take one deep and exhale and then begin your meal. Yeah. And even, so just, mindful. even just that, don't you feel different? Yeah. The, and we were speaking before um, about the intentionality of how we show up in one thing of how we show up in everything mm -hmm. and how you show up in yoga can be the same way that you show up for yourself when you're preparing a meal for yourself and your family. Mm -hmm. I'm going to peel back another layer. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> 
I want to talk about the phrase overfed and undernourished. Oh boy. Yeah. This is a pandemic in our, in our uh, country. Overfed and undernourished is when you eat highly processed foods that are calorically dense, but at the same time, they're nutrient lacking foods. And this causes chronic cravings. So if you ever wonder why you can eat an entire large pizza by yourself, I'm sure someone at some, everybody in some point in their life has done this, but you can't eat more than like half a chicken breast. It's because the pizza doesn't have a lot of nutrients. So feeling full does not equal being nourished. Our bodies get hungry and create cravings for nutrients, not just food. So when we eat foods that are nutrient lacking, like a whole, like a cheese pizza or an entire bag of chips, you can just like fly through it. You're not consuming nutrients. You're consuming empty calories that are actually depleting your body and damaging cells. And so your brain creates craving signals until it receives the nutrients that it is expecting. And the nutrients it's expecting is protein, fiber, fat, and healthy, complex carbohydrates. So if you get a craving and you reach for a simple carbohydrate like a, a you know, these sugary energy bars or chips or, or bread or something like that, you are just spiking your blood sugar and therefore your insulin. And then you'll have a drop of your blood sugar. And then you create that cycle all over again. But you will continue to crave food until you give your body the nutrients that it's expecting. So this is why it's so important to have healthy snacks around. Um, I love nuts around wonderful, healthy protein, fat, and fiber all together. Uh, cooked eggs I have in my fridge, uh, veggies and hummus, uh, grass-fed beef sticks. I get these from Paleo Valley, totally unsponsored, not affiliated with them. I love them. Um, and maybe a protein powder uh, to have around your house that you can simply mix. So always prioritizing that protein. Skip the quick carb and instead try to go for a protein snack, you know, just one time at a time that it's kind of breaking those cravings. Overfed and undernourished is the difference between just feeling full and being truly nourished. Okay, so you kind of went into this. So I love like really specific recommendations. So mm -hmm. my question is, what's one way someone can cook or eat healthier? So you mentioned all the really great snack options. Mm -hmm. Maybe like um, I've changed how I eat my breakfast or like how mm -hmm. I start my day. Can you talk? And I find that it's really powerful. So tell me maybe, tell me breakfast, like what's one thing that someone could do to start their day better? Yes. So working with the same meal plan of, plan of prioritizing protein um, and then fiber, fat, and carbohydrates. I love eggs. Eggs is nature's perfect food. Um, it has micro minerals as well. Um, so maybe just a quick scramble, toss in a handful of spinach and maybe like a quarter cup of black beans. Put whatever you want on top, avocado, salsa, salt and pepper, um, maybe like a little goat cheese or something for some acid. Um, so eggs with greens and a little fiber is fantastic. I also, I do like smoothies that are lower in sugar. So maybe you do have a high quality organic 
uh, protein powder. I choose a uh, bone broth powder. It's a grass-fed organic bone broth powder. Um, and then I blend that with some blueberries, which are a low glycemic fruit. And then, you know, some powders of like maybe a beet powder or a handful of greens. And then a pinch of high quality sea salt. So again, we're getting the fiber and the fat and, and all of that. Um, and then like for lunch, that can be a really nutrient dense part of your day. Um, I always put a handful of greens everywhere that I eat. Um, I might do some like chopped up chicken or turkey um, and any random seasonal vegetables. I do like shredded carrot, radish, maybe some broccoli, and then simple olive oil and uh, lemon and just sea salt again, get those minerals in there. And then to add some fiber to keep me full, um, any kind of nut, pecans are my favorite. Walnuts are also great for the brain. If you want like an Asian style salad, you could put like a peanut sauce on top. Um, and then for dinner, we want to go with, with the same thing, but, but also what you eat for dinner is gonna help you set yourself up for breakfast. So the higher nutrient dense your dinner is, the less you're gonna crave in the morning, right? So we'll have some, some stores, some glucose stores and protein stores overnight. So in the morning, you're not ravenous for sugar. So um, I know people love pasta, and so I would never take their pasta away from them. And so this is where I love that Jovial brand pasta that you mentioned before. And the wonder th wonderful thing about one of their products is uh, their cassava pasta is my favorite. Um, it's made from cassava root, so it's grain-free, but um, it has resistant starch, which is wonderful for your gut bugs, and it keeps you full for a really long time. Um, and then I would do maybe um, like a simple bolognese, like a meat sauce, um, but I like to hide in like two pounds of vegetables in there. And um, as a gift to your audience, I actually want to send you the recipe for that. Oh, I would love that. Yeah, yeah. So um, my, my client's kids absolutely love it. They have no idea there's more vegetables than meat in this sauce. And my, my clients are like, you need to bottle and sell this sauce because everyone in the family wants it all the time. And it's so healthy. Cauliflower and mushroom, zucchini, carrot, um, herbs, and bell pepper um, ground up and then sauteed with the meat. Um, and if you're a uh, vegetarian or vegan, you can do some cooked lentils in there uh, with extra mushrooms for more vitamin D. So it's really adaptable. Fantastic. Yeah. And it's a great one to meal prep and have in the freezer. So I'll make a double batch and put some in the freezer and it's just as great. Oh, so good. Give me an example of one meal. So think of a, like a plate, mm -hmm. no, quote, like normal, and then yeah, yeah. upgrade it for us and tell me how we can upgrade that one meal to make it more nutritionally dense. Does that make sense? Yep. Okay. okay. So um, let's go back to the pasta thing. And the reason I do that is because it's super common and it's quick and it's easy and it's the normal part of life for some people. So instead of choosing a basic blue box pasta, um, let's do um, an organic jovial cassava flour pasta so now we're taking away the grain from that um, and instead of just um, a basic uh, meat sauce or just um, a spaghetti sauce or whatnot what if we try to insert some colorful foods so all the different colors of vegetables and, and fruits offer different nutrients so this is especially great to get kids involved like why don't you pick 
all the different colors. So we'll do some broccoli, some chopped up sauteed broccoli, onion, garlic, uh, spinach, and bell pepper. That can give an array of multiple different vitamins and nutrients for everyone. And you can let your kids pick how much of each of these they want. And that gives them a sense of control, but you're still happy with every choice, right? And then instead of chicken breast, which has a high amount of protein, but not very many minerals, and chicken breast is actually kind of expensive, let's do chicken thigh instead. Higher in minerals, equal protein, and offers um, a great amount of healthy fats as well. So it's a cheaper option that's actually healthier. Then I would douse the thing in uh, extra virgin olive oil, lemon, herbs, which are wonderfully healthy, very dense in phytonutrients, and a good few pinches of a high quality sea salt that offers uh, minerals as well. So there's an option for the whole family to kind of customize um, their thing, and it can be different. So you can have a weekly pasta night, but make all the ingredients different, and then you're up-leveling with those swaps. So this podcast is all about prioritizing quality of life. So this is our last question. Tell me, what are you prioritizing right now? I am definitely prioritizing where I'm putting my time and energy uh, to protect my mental health space so that I can show up the best that I can for my family and my business. Um, I'm growing two businesses at, at one time. It's, it can be really stressful, but um, I wouldn't know how to thrive any other way. <laughs> so really prioritizing where I'm placing my energy um, and kind of the ROI of that. What's, what's the return on, on the investment for, for the energy? And then also I'm prioritizing my favorite hobbies. I want, you know, the happier I show up, the better I'm going to show up for everybody else. So my number one favorite hobby and really my passion and goal in life is traveling. Uh, we were just talking about my recent travels um, and part of starting the chef coaching business, uh, pulling away from in-home meal prepping for myself and teaching other chefs how to do it is so that I can have an online business so that I can travel more because it's really important for me to, to honor what I love and so I can show up better for everybody else as well. Mm, yeah, so great. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. I know you're busy um, and this is just the really fascinating. Yeah, wonderful. And um, I'll, I'll give that recipe uh, to you to share with your audience and um, also my contact info if they're interested in the HTMA. Um, and I also have a similar membership program. I just saw that you have a seasonal recipe membership. I have one as well. All right. So, uh, yeah, we can get everybody set up with healthy recipes throughout the year. I love it. Yeah. Tell me where we can find you. Yeah. So um, I'm on all platforms at Chef Tiffany Thomas and chefstiffanythomas.com is a really great way um, to get in touch with me about chef coaching. And then um, in the show notes, we'll also put my meal prepping website where we help you find a healthy private chef in your area. All right. Yeah. Perfect. Well, thank great. you so much, Tiffany. Thank you. meditation today will be about clearing the clouds from our brain. So if you would, and if you're in a place to do it, bring one hand to the heart and one hand to the belly, a gentle connection to this physical self, and drop your eyes closed if you can do so. Roll the shoulders up, back and down, 
Take a big inhale through the nose and exhale through the mouth. We'll do that twice more, feeling a clearing of the energy. So inhale through the nose and exhale through the mouth. And if you can, and it doesn't feel crazy wherever you are, go ahead and sigh as you exhale this time. Inhale and exhale. Bring your awareness to the hand at your heart or this heart center. Slide the shoulder blades together slightly and feel a gentle lift into that heart, into that top hand. And feel for the chin to tuck slightly as the back of the neck lengthens. So this is a season of groundedness, but also rejuvenation and rebirth, thinking about how a garden dies back and rejuvenates into the soil and hibernates into the soil over the winter. And then in the spring, there's so much movement. You can hear the birds chirping, the squirrels seem alive. And all of a sudden, sprouts and flowers and green begin to establish in the world around us again. I want you to bring your awareness into that hand at your heart. Again, rolling the shoulders back and down. And as though you had a little light, a golden light at that heart center, feel for a gentle heat and a gentle brightness to come directly from that space. Breathe into your heart, feel the gentle lift of the chest and exhale, feel for the heart dropping down and in, but in a grounded sense, a strong foundation. Inhale, feel for the growth and the lift and the rebirth and exhale, feel for that grounding foundation. Beautiful. Gently lift the eyes if they're closed. And connect with a simple gratitude for just giving yourself these few moments to breathe and connect. Have a great day. Thank you so much for being with me today. I hope our conversation allows you to take back a bit of your time so you can have more space, more breathing room, more energy. Have a great day.